Good evening. Welcome to week three on the prophecies about Jesus. Um, I have to kind of make it a little bit shorter than normal. Um, I've got some stuff I need to do. I apologize. Uh, stuff that came up at the last minute. But I promise you we will get through at least five verses. I need to get something to drink here. But I hope you're doing well. I look forward to Sunday. Celebrating Easter. Celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Um, you know, there's some other great religious figures over the years. But when the Buddha died, he is still on the ground. When Confucius died, he's still on the ground. When Muhammad died, he's still in the ground. But three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. And that's what separates Christianity from all other religions. Its founder is still alive. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So, I know that's... Uh, controversial to say into today's uh, 21st century America, but it's the truth. Now, we left off, um, of course, I'm looking at my list, but we left off last week on that Jesus would draw all Gentiles to himself. What we're going to start off with is that Jesus would have a miraculous ministry. Prophecy comes from Isaiah 35, verses 5-6. through 6. It says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For the water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and the streams in the desert. You know, it's interesting... How some people are afraid of the miraculous and how they literally want to try to explain it away. But when I read this from Matthew 11, I want you to um, you know we're called to be like Jesus. It says here in Matthew eleven two through 6 And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now granted, John was questioning this because he too thought that Jesus was going to come and be this conquering hero and kick the Romans out. But that's not exactly what he had in mind. But listen to Jesus describe his ministry. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The leopards are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. You 
I believe that we are lacking in power in the ministry because we're not fully dependent upon Jesus. You know, this is not um, unusual. This is the pattern that Jesus set for us. And I find it interesting, especially what it says in verse 6. It says, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. This whole cancel culture where we're going to try to silence those who say things that we don't like and we're going to shut you out of American culture if you act a certain way. This is all from the enemy. Satan does not want Christianity in America. And uh, there's some people on the left that are, I would consider, willing accomplices. Uh, Actually, I probably would say unknowing accomplices. You can't... um, Try to silence people who are different than you are. And, um, now granted, you know, some of the stuff that's in the Bill of Rights was inspired more by the Enlightenment movement of the 18th century than it was, or 17th century, than it was the Bible. But when you're preaching the truth, people are going to get offended. It should not be a surprise. Um, Am I looking to purposely offend people? No. I love everybody. I love uh, people who think different than I do. Um, I've ministered to people in hospitals who are uh, gay and lesbian. I've ministered to people who are of different faith traditions. Um, people have asked for a Quran at the hospital and I went and got it for them. Um, I minister to Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and people of all different kinds of faith groups because I treat them the way I would want to be treated. That's the golden rule. So no, I'm not looking to offend people, but at the same time, I'm not going to compromise the fact that there is one way into heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. All right, next one, which on my list would be number 20. It says the Messiah would be preceded by a forerunner. Oh, that's, I love this one. John the Baptist was a, was a cool guy. And this guy, he didn't... He didn't pull any punches. He didn't try to be fake. He didn't care about his appearance. He just went out there and told the truth. This comes. The prophecy is in Isaiah 40, verse 3 through 4. It says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. 
The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. And the fulfillment is in John one twenty three. Of course, I mean, John John the Baptist is in all four of the Gospels, but we used uh, the people that put this together used John one twenty three, and it says John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet. He said, "I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord." He preached the truth, and he pointed. Later on in his ministry, it pointed at Herod and said, it is unlawful for you to have her. He, Herod literally had his brother killed, and he married his brother's wife. Now, how twisted is that? Are you, you want a relationship with someone else's spouse, and you're willing to do that. It's just, it's just wrong. I mean, there's, there, there's plenty of fish in the sea, <laughs> and uh, you have to trust in God to provide for you. You can't just go out there and, and literally take somebody else's spouse. That's just wrong. But because John was willing to stand up for the truth, he ended up getting arrested for that. And, of course, Herod's wife despised him and then tricked her husband. I mean, how warped is that, that she uses her daughter, uh, his stepdaughter, to dance provocatively in front of them. And he says, I'll give you anything up to half of my kingdom. And because he makes this rash oath, the mom, who's manipulating the whole thing, says, give me the head of John the Baptist. Well, she tells her daughter to say that. See, that's the pathway of sins. Like, you give in a little, you give in a little, you give in a little, and before you know it, you're doing things you never thought you would do. You know, this is a kind of a tangent, but um, one of my favorite Stephen King movies is called Needful Things. And when that guy opens up that store in that town, the amount of chaos that he causes just by a little whisper here and a little, hey, you know, you deserve better. And you ought to watch it sometime just to see how evil really works. I think that's probably the best example I've ever seen as far as how evil works. It's it's not like overt. It's very subtle. It's like, you know, that person did you wrong. You should get them back. You know, that person was wrong for doing that. You deserve better. Those little lies of the enemy... Um, I'm actually considering, instead of doing... The, the series on the Holy Spirit doing a series called um, the, about the lies of the enemy. I, I sat down last night and wrote down several. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is something that I should explore more fully. Anyway, our next one, um, if you're wondering where we're at on the list, it's number 21. It says, Jesus will be a gentle redeemer of the Gentiles. 
And uh, this comes from Isaiah 42. Um, I think, honestly, the reason Isaiah has had so many prophecies about the Messiah is because the nation of Israel you know, had been defeated by the Assyrians. And they needed to know that God still loved them and God still cared about them. And so Isaiah's message to them in these prophetic statements is, God loves you, God cares about you, and the Messiah is coming. (laughs) Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 4, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastland shall wait for his law. Now the fulfillment is in Matthew 12, verses 15 through 21. It says, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, in whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory and his name, and in his name Gentiles will trust. Now, this isn't Matthew 12. This isn't... In Acts 10 is when uh, Cornelius uh, was told to go find Peter, and then Peter has a vision, and then eventually Peter preaches to Cornelius and his family, and the Holy Spirit falls upon them, and they realize, wait a minute, you know, Gentiles can be saved. Gentiles can be a part of the family of God. This is way before that. And I I have no doubt in my mind that, that God wanted to include them, include us. I mean, a Gentile is any non-Jewish person. So it's, um, I'm grateful for that. Now, granted, I, I don't eat as much pork as I used to, and I don't. But I'm I'm not Jewish. But this show this shows to me that, that God loves all people. Not just the chosen ones. Okay. <laughs> I've been in Kansas City now for over a year and I um I hear sirens on a very frequent, um, very frequently. 
more frequently than I obviously did when I lived in a smaller town. So, all right, number 22, Jesus would be despised and rejected. Now, this is uh, the first of many that come from Isaiah 53. It says, verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Um, It's... Let me read the fulfillment, and then I'll, I'll make a comment. It was something that God showed me a while ago that really got my attention. It was very, it was life-changing. The fulfillment's in Luke 4, verses 28 and 29. It says, So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over a cliff. Uh, if you're not familiar with Luke 4, this is where Jesus is given a scroll, and he reads Isaiah 61, and talks about the Spirit of the Lord will be upon him, and and it talks about his, his ministry, and he rolls up the scroll, and he says, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And they they got upset. Because they're like, well, he's just an ordinary guy. He's from, he's from here. He's not. They didn't get it. Now, the fact that Jesus was... <sighs> I apologize. It's been a long day. The fact that Jesus was rejected is um, should not be surprising when you preach the truth, when you teach the truth, when you bring truth to darkness. The darkness is not going to like it. Um, and there'll be people that will hear the gospel message and like, ah, oh, it's too close-minded, it's too uh, narrow, it's it's not inclusive enough, and it's like, um, Jesus died for your sins so you could be set free. That's more inclusive than any religion. You can't pray enough as a Muslim and find true peace. I know this because I had a, a guy who had been a practicing Muslim for years and years. And he said, I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray and I feel like... Um, I feel like it's never good enough. And he accepted Christ as his Savior. Because he realized that his performance could not get him to where he wanted to be. 
<clears throat> the only thing that's going to clear us with God and clear our conscience is the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross. That's it. There's nothing else. Uh, I'm going to do one more. In fact, <laughs> it's funny. Um, I quoted the when Jesus um, said what he said in Luke 4, and that's the next one. Um, it says, Jesus will set the captives free. It's number 23 on my list. And the prophecy is Isaiah 61.1. This is what Jesus read in the temple that made the people mad. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and, to, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. See, that's what that guy in prison found. He found freedom behind, wall, behind prison walls. The fulfillment's in Luke 4. Verses 16 to 21, it said, And so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. As he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, when he opened the book, which is, I don't know why it translated it that way, but I mean, they were, they were on scrolls. He found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I I felt led to say that before. I literally had my notebook flipped over to the other page. I did I had forgotten what the next one was when I said that earlier. He proclaimed freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from oppression, freedom from our uh, flesh. See, Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastics, I'm going to go off on a tangent here and bring it back. Solomon lived a life where he did not deny himself at all anything. He was married to over 300 women. 300. And he had 700 concubines. No, we, there's a, a joke where this kid in a Sunday school class mistakenly says that Solomon has 300 wives and 700 porcupines. You know, it's funny, it's cute, and, and all that, but um, a concubine was expected to 
participate and have sex with someone, but yet they really didn't fully have the rights of a spouse. And so Solomon had a thousand different women that he could be intimate with. He could literally pick a different woman every night And in, in the, the time it would take for him to sleep with all thousand of them, it would be almost three years. Um, in fact, I, I'm gonna, um, I'll just say almost three years. Because uh, 365 times two would be 730. And then, oh gosh, I'm trying to do this in my head. So 7.30 and 3.65 would be um, 1,095. So it would take a little less than three years for him to actually sleep with every single one of them. And it's the fact that as king of Israel, he could get away with that is, it's amazing to me. Um, now, granted, there's been stories of people like Wilt Chamberlain, who apparently has been with, who had been with almost 10,000 women over his lifetime the amount of just, and I told you I was considering doing a series on the uh, the lies of the enemy. One of the biggest ones in American culture is if it feels good, do it. You know how many people have been, you know, they go out and they say, yeah, we're going to go party. We're going to have a great time. And, um, And they go out and they get wasted and they, you know, they drink so much and they, um, they wake up and the, they're hungover and they can't remember half of what they did. And it's just, you know, it happens all the time, especially around college towns. And it's, it's just, I'm amazed. And you know, people try to say that doing the right thing is boring. But you know, I've I've I'll be forty eight in May and I've never woken up next to somebody and said, you know, who are you? <laughs> and I've never woken up in the morning and said where am I or what happened? <clears throat> I had a phase in my 20s when I got a little wild and got a little crazy. and But, you know, obviously God got my attention and got brought me back and everything's fine. But I want to live to, to help make a difference in other people's lives. 
And so we're going to stop there. Uh, I just want to take a moment and just ask for your prayer for this ministry because things are going painfully slow. And uh, I've got a few faithful people that listen, and I I just want to say thank you. Um, But I hope and pray that to have... (sighs) I, I don't want more followers on YouTube just so I can have more followers or so I can, you know, it's not about me. My goal is to point you to Jesus. The whole, all these prophecies are about him. I'm flawed. I make mistakes. I am a human being just like you. I put my pants on one at a time, just like you. Just because I got Reverend in front of my name doesn't make me better than anybody. But I can tell you, if you live like him, if you choose to follow him and want to be like him, your life will get better. Your circumstances may not get better. Um, There will be people that, that won't like you because of it. But I will tell you that you can have peace through the storm. And you can... Um... Even when things go bad, you can be at peace. Because ultimately, even the 70, 80 years we have on this earth, you know, one day we'll have a, we'll be in heaven with our Lord and we're going to spend eternity with Him. Uh, I'd much rather spend eternity with Him than without Him. I can tell you that. All right. Well, I think that's a good stopping place. Um, Please pray that more people will subscribe on YouTube and we can... I really want to get the YouTube channel up and going. Um, I do believe that it will one day be a supplemental source of income to pay for things like the gas and... um, other expenditures that we'll need to pay for in order to travel and teach the Bible across this country. I've only spoken in five five states, and I want to pre I want to preach and teach in all fifty. So, God willing, that's what will happen one day. So, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for being uh, a part of this podcast, and uh, we will pick up next week with. Um, Number 24, it says the Messiah will have a throne that is everlasting. So we'll pick up there. Until then, have a great week. Take care and God bless.